Good morning and welcome into a regular edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopton, C70, bad at C70 on Twitter with me as always, Alan Medlock. Find him at amedlock1 on the Twitters. Um, and it's Saturday morning. It is, the trade deadline is now well behind us. Um, and we kind of get into this new uncharted territory, Alan, of, of two months, basically, of no meaning to our baseball we're not used to that right or you're used to playing maybe a week of meaningless baseball not two months yeah that's uh pretty it's unprecedented it's uh the one of the things i i, I guess that we're uh grasping for things to cheer about you know and to to be uh to to get us to watch basically and uh it, it was one after the trade the trade down lot for me was actually pretty exciting i was like this is kind of a break from the norm the movement trade never bothered they, they said they were going to that was pretty exciting and i was like okay good now we get to see kind of a tryout and a new roster and and see how see how that works out and you know a couple of nights haven't really been that fun to watch <laughs> so i'm not sure that it was much of an improvement <laughs> yeah and and we'll get let's let's start into the trade deadline. I mean, people have heard me talk about the trade line on some of these bonus shows, so I'm not going to try not to do too much. But, um, but you have not had a chance to chime in. Uh, the general trades that they made is there a trade that stands out to you as the best one they made? Uh, I feel like I feel like their best return is probably going to be Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, t- I talked to, uh, my buddy, Jeff, who works with the, uh, in the Texas league, I asked him and, um, uh, the one that really raised a bunch of eyebrows, which surprised me was the, was the Sagisi. Mm. And I hope I say that right. Uh, the, uh, they said that, uh, that, that he was one of the better players in the league, you know, in his time in the Texas league. And I was like, well, that's interesting to know it. Uh, I would kind of look, you start looking at position players and you hear a lot of Donovan comps and you think, well, is that a good or a bad? You know, but honestly, that's that maybe the mold that they're looking for anyway, especially keeping your cornerstones at the first and third. At first and third, um, I I'm intrigued by the Toronto return. I think that that would be that may be the best pitching return. Um, I haven't really dug into the Oriole return as much. Um, be curious to see how uh, see what people think of that one. Um, you know, I, what I like is just you go for a crapshoot, you get high. Uh, you get guys that are high on other teams' lists, and and you see what you get out of there. Now, obviously, the Cardinals are thorough, so they're going to go through and uh, and they're going to and they're going to uh, fit the guys that that uh, find the guys that fit their style and who they think on the developmental track will will help them. And uh, I guess yet to be seen. I mean, I, I was I was kind of kind of curious to see what kind of moves would be made within the organization after the deadline, and and that still still may may happen, but. But as far as return goes, I think that uh, just from what I've heard from other people, I think the return from Texas may be good. 
But I have a gut feeling that the return from Toronto may have be the most immediate pitching help. Yeah. Well, obviously the 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 most immediate was the John King coming back from Texas because he actually has pitched for the Cardinals. Yeah. And the, uh, we saw him pitch pretty well. And and again, he's not anything. He was not a major part of any deal. He was kind of a throw in, it feels like. But you know, somebody's got to throw these innings the rest of the sure. way. And uh, getting at least one major league player. And that's the only only major league player they got out of all of this deal. And that's you know, that's not a that's not an indictment of any means. That's what we knew they were gonna have to do. And in you know, when you're trading rentals, you're not going to get you know, you're getting prospects back. And and I think, yeah, I think like you, they did f- a fine job. We are starting to see some of those guys, you know, Adam Kloffenstein through Last night, struck out six in five innings and, and looked pretty well. We've seen uh, Segace, or, or however we're, we're going to all pronounce his name, uh, have, yeah. some, have some moments at Springfield, uh, including a good catch last night. Um, Prato playing at Memphis last night and, and had a, a drove in a run, had a hit, uh, had a couple good plays in the outfield, in the field at second base. I mean, so we're starting to see those guys start to filter into the organization. Um, and that's honestly, maybe what a lot, I mean, if you've got MLB TV, um, and if you don't, it's pretty cheap right now. Cause I think, you know, it's like 20, $30 for the rest of the year. Um, you know, you can get the minor league affiliates on there and that's what I've been watching. I've watched a, a, a lot of, a lot of Memphis lately, especially with Mason Wynn down there. Um, that may be what, how we, how we spend the next couple of months is keeping a little bit more of an eye on some of these guys as they've come in. Um, they did not package any of their infield outfield depth into yeah. a move. Now that's not the worst thing because there is the off season, but were you surprised they didn't at least try to try to do one of those guys, move one of those guys and see what they had the rest of the way? Well, yeah, you, I felt like when DeYoung moved that they, that was probably the last where we're going to see the middle infield movement because I think they're just going to clear away for a what Edmund can do and B from what wins going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how you can't be happy with uh, Gorman right now, and then you know where Donovan's going to fit in next year. So that didn't surprise me as much. I did feel like they they moved uh, one piece at being the young, which I, I was glad to see that for him, um, and uh, that kind of cleared that up a little bit. I read an interesting article today though. And, you know, Heyman was, was, was quoted in the article, but it, it which, you know, it, 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 take it for what you are, what it's worth mm-hmm. with Heyman. But, uh, I was actually glad to hear what was said in it though, that the, the Yankees had targeted Carlson from the beginning and they, they felt like he would have been a left-handed fit or left field fit. And that's the, the direction that they had, that they wanted to go throughout the period and that the Cardinals never dropped their asking price. And they wanted controllable starting pitching with the with the uh, Yankees just weren't willing to give up, so it went down to the wire and with the Cardinals holding on to him. Which to me, I'm thinking, well, that would have definitely moved somebody who we think that I don't think is in the doghouse, but is somebody that is not in their long term plans. But what I like is they didn't drop their standards just to move him out. Um, I know that we've talked about that before of of hey, lose a trade every now and then, go get somebody and and potentially lose it down the line, you know, take a, take a risk. Something about this one was something told me that hey, listen, we have our we, this is what we want out of them, and we're not moving off of it. And I kind of like that in a way. So I wondered how much of of that was out there, uh, potentially with Carlson and 
And I would think O'Neal, I mean, I feel like they're kind of, I don't know, they've kind of, uh, I don't know how to say it. They've, they've kind of backed O'Neal's play on this. Mm-hmm. Like this, like it, like I think that that's probably going to be your left fielder next year for certain, and I and I I don't necessarily hate it, but you know the Carlson, the lack of a Carlson move was was it was kind of a head scratch in the beginning just because we felt like he's been in the outs you know early because it, all the stuff that we read, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah I'm glad that they held the held their ground on that and and when they didn't get back what they wanted they held on to him so so ultimately I wasn't. I was I wasn't too surprised that they kept what they had, especially after De Young moving out. Yeah, and it and if you want to look at it this way, I mean, it is pretty much in the Cardinals' wheelhouse to just do what they had to do. I mean, you know, not sure. necessarily take that risk. But I also agree with you. I, I don't. There was no reason for them to lower their asking price if they could get what they wanted for any of those guys. Great. Uh, if not there's a winner uh, where you've got a little bit more, you know, less, maybe a little less pressure, but a lot more people to, to uh, trade with. And uh, you know, you, somebody gets a full season out of them and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I am a, the only thing I would say, and actually I was a little bit surprised they didn't do that, but not a whole lot. I am a little bit surprised they didn't sell off like Yepes for some double A guy or something, you know, or a single yeah. guy or something just to, you know, give him a change of scenery, um, you know, one less person to worry about this winter because I don't, I'd have to look, I don't know how many options he's got left. He may have another option year, but, um, and, and, and he's not necessarily been doing great in Memphis anyway. So, you know, maybe there wasn't, just isn't any interest of him at all, but, um, given, given the backlog of stuff, I, I would have surprised that they didn't do something, you know, really small like that, but sure. Um, I do kind of still wonder the way the Paul Young went down and I asked this in one of our bonus ones and uh, I didn't find much agreement, but my personal thinking is I'm not hundred percent sure that Paul DeYoung would have moved had Bo Bichette not hurt his knee. Um, I, I think that, you know, the return on him was not just great. I mean, Swanson's could be a very interesting player. Don't get me wrong, but it was a, you know, a guy that had just moved up to double a, a 25 year old reliever, um, has some potential obviously, but not, I wouldn't say he, you know, wasn't ranked on anybody's, um, charts. If that's the, what they got off of a team that had a desire, it kind of makes me feel like there weren't any better offers out there. And so, you know, maybe they would have traded him just to trade him, but, um, I, it doesn't just doesn't feel like there was that much of a market for Paul DeYoung. Sure, I mean that, there's that, there's definitely an argument to be made on that. Um, it's uh, and it was funny. I have a buddy that's uh, you know that's in the in the car a lot, and he was listening to uh, he, he's he's always sending me quotes from MLB Network Radio, and he said that was the talk all morning was uh, with uh, with um, uh, Bichette getting hurt. Said how quick will, are they going to redirect to uh, DeYoung? And there was somebody else in the in the uh, in the wins on that. And, and I was like, ah, that's going to be a pretty good fit. If that's the case, especially being trading partners and, and making several moves, but not only this year, but over the past couple of years, that, that would make a lot of sense. And, you know, for the young, I was like, I was happy for him to move on. And then it kind of clears a little bit of space to see what the Cardinals would do next. But yeah, that's something that I hadn't really thought about of, you know, the uh, infield may not look <laughs> too different if Bichette's not injured. So I, that's something that I hadn't, th- that I hadn't really considered. 
and they and they really will may have just sold him for whatever they could get, and that just happened to be the best one. Um, because I don't know that there's unlike the outfield, I don't know that there was any reason for the Cardinals not to, you know, drop a price on DeYoung. I mean, there is benefit to having him, but I don't know that they would have necessarily been that interested. And you know, they have been much more open now. It feels like that we are going to see Mason win this year. Yeah. Um, You know, not immediately. Um, You know, I imagine it's late August so he can keep his rookie eligibility and, um, you know, not necessarily have to, you know, you come up now and I think there's a lot of pressure too. I mean, there's going to be pressure on him whenever he comes up, but um, you know, if you're, coming up at the end of the of august and you know just kind of playing out the string maybe maybe a little bit less and um but we are does look like we're going to see him so that's that's fine and, and de young frees up that spot not only does that but we're bringing donovan finally getting surgery and being out the rest of the year which you know you kind of saw that coming right he, sure. he couldn't he couldn't dh the rest of the year on but without uh you know because there's too much need for that dh spot Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I feel like you've seen, I've seen Burleson benefit from it. You know what I mean? As bad as that sounds, but, uh, but it's kind of freed him up to, to hit a little bit and, and, you know, get what's done. I mean, that's, they're aiming toward next year. And I think that, uh, and I think that they will, they will, they will do the things that are necessary to compete next year. I know that there's a lot of, I hate talking about the off season just because you get so much pushback on the lack of faith in them actually going and doing some things. But, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like there's, there's a back against the wall factor right now. And I, yeah. I felt like you could see that at the deadline. Yeah, I think so too. I think it, and maybe that's you know, rose colored glasses and all that kind of stuff. But sure. And I assume that's what that would be our pushback. <laughs> yeah. But you know, their public comments are different. And the fact is, they're in a significantly different situation than they have been in the past. Very easy to say, well, we could keep doing what we're doing when you win a division championship or you're in the wild card race. Even if it's the NL Central and it's not necessarily great from the outlook, you know, you're winning, you know, you're struggling to win 85, 90 games, but you're, you know, making the playoffs and not doing anything. But still, you're in the playoffs. You never know. It's a little easier to say, don't you know it's not broke don't fix it um it's obviously broken <laughs> I mean, when you're, yeah, when you're yeah, in yeah. the situation you're here now and it, from what i have heard i don't remember where i read it somewhere along the way but there's been a there's at least the idea here and i don't know if, how again since i can't remember where i saw it i can't say how accurate it is but the front office has been pushing to change the pitching and increase the budget to pitching for a while yeah. um, to, to see this kind of meltdown and to kind of prove their point. I, I really feel like, you know, I don't know that Hilda Woods going to want to play luxury decks or anything like that, but there's still some room in there for that. Um, and so I, I do think they're going to at least get one, one number one or number two pitcher off the market. Um, and then they still may t- probably will still trade for one too, because you do have all these guys in the middle infield and the outfield that you can use to hopefully get some sort of young controllable pitching. You get, you know, if you get two top of the rotation type guys, one between a one and a three uh, to add to Michaelis. And if this is the real Steven Matz, something or something comparable to that, 
Um, and then you've got all these guys, you've got Libertor, you've got, you know, the Woodford and Hudson's, but you've also got some of the guys that you've traded for that could maybe at some point in time compete for that fifth spot. Sure. You're in a much better spot than you are now. And this, this lineup is still as potent as it was. Yeah. 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 And that's, I, I liked how they changed that profile to strikeouts too. And that's mm-hmm. uh, some of the guys that they went to get. I mean, the, uh, that, um, you know, you, you may see some of the bullpen pieces move. Are some of these guys be bullpen pieces? I mean, it, it's it's funny. I, I I looked it up because I I didn't know. And I mean, I go off pipeline, and I know there's Baseball America and all kinds of other lists. Right. But they uh, of their trades, you know, let's see here. You know, four of the top four of the guys they brought in were immediately in their top ten on pipeline. Yep. Yep. You know, two of which being starters. One is in Triple A. So that's there's going to be opportunities out there, but no, just like you and I were talking about pre-deadline through text of, uh, so what's your gut feeling is is this going to be? Let's see what we can get at the deadline, but we're clearing room for a Nola Snail, you know, guys like that because I I do think they're going to play in those waters. I don't know why I feel like Nola is the one that they're going to circle the hardest. I, I I think the strikeout profile and the way that he the way that he works, I think, and what he's done to him. Probably brings a lot of attention, but but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Snell either. It, there's just going to be some names out there that I think are going to be that can move the needle on them a little bit. And honestly, I, you know I'm all right with Michaelis and I'm okay with Mats. Um, then you figure it out from there, and you obviously have backed your backed your play a little bit by the guys that you brought in the organization. Your your Libertor lengthy, and you know what else you have. Yeah, yeah. I th- I mean again, I and mean, we've said this a lot. The Cardinals have said this a lot. And this is why the trades for the people we're talking about, Nolan or, or Arnauto or Goldschmidt, didn't make sense. This is not a we got to fix everything kind of situation. Yeah. This is just, hey, you get a couple pitchers in here, you're back to, you know, being a favorite in the division and possibly with a good, you know, with a couple of good pitchers, you're probably, you're at least a, I don't say you're favorite to win the World Series. I don't, you know, that seems like it's stretched a lot, but you're definitely a favorite to actually move on in the playoffs, right? I mean, that's if you, the problem is, has been in the past that the Cardinals could get to the playoffs, but they didn't necessarily have the pitching to win a short series. If you get, you know, a, a Nola, a Snell, Giolito, that, that can be that, you know, go up against somebody else's ace. And, and then, you know, who knows what else you're bringing in. Maybe you're bringing in a Gilbert. Maybe you're bringing in something like that. Um, you know, you've got, you've got the potential to, um, match up and and go far i mean you, you don't you know who knows if it'll happen and it depends on the hitting and all that kind of stuff but you at least could see a path that way if you go out and get these guys um and so that's i mean they're just not that far away this has been you know kind of that that perfect storm of everything going badly oh without and, a doubt yeah um because i mean we talked about it last week right or i think it was last week because that game had happened yeah um you know, the the game where Burleson hits the home, you know, should have hit the home run and got pulled back, you know, any other year that probably that clears and they win that ball game. But this year it gets caught and they lose. You know, that's just that's just the way things have gone this year. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's also you know, like I said last week and I probably said the last two weeks of, you know, you'll be accused of being a fanboy just because everything's in a fever pitch on the negative right now with the organization. Right. I don't really feel that way. And I'm a complete believer in this just being the outlier. You know, things just haven't worked out. You know, it's it, it it's just an ugly season, and it's one you swallow and, and get ready. I mean, here's the situation that I that I compare it to. 
yeah, the Cardinals have had a bad year, and it was interesting to see what they did at the deadline, and it, and it added some intrigue intrigue into, into in my deadline watching, which I love every year. Man, I would rather be the Cardinals than the Mets because, mm-hmm. you know, the Mets went out and did the exact same thing that you don't want to do, and that's you don't want to buy your way into the championship because it very hardly, it very hardly happens. You never really want to win the offseason. Um, and I think the Cardinals will maybe in danger of maybe doing something like that next year, which worries me. But uh, but no, I mean, the Mets are a mess. And, you know, for the quotes to come out where Scherzer goes to them and says, well, what's this going to look like before I uh, agree or disagree to be moved? And they said, hey, this is going to be a 25 or 26 deal. And he yeah. said, well, you know, I don't have that kind of time. So I, I get it. And uh, I would much be rather be in the Cardinal situation than New York right now. Yeah, I, I think – I think that's true. Um, you know, they obviously bought themselves some good prospects at the deadline uh, by paying all the money off for these guys. Um, but and it's, I think, also interesting, I think, for the Cardinals' standpoint, right, that the Mets aren't, in theory, going to be in this, uh, you know, looking for pitching this offseason, um, or at least not the big pitching. Uh, and maybe they will, but it feels like maybe that's one less person to be trying to run up the prices, um, which is, which is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this, I mean, you know, the fact that they're in the standings with Colorado and Pittsburgh and Washington, doesn't mean that they're the same type of organization as those guys are. Um, and yeah, I'd much rather be in the Cardinals position than a lot of, Probably anybody else that was selling at the deadline, I guess let's put it that way. Obviously, you'd yeah. rather be in uh, so the situation of some people that are winning. Now, I will say, you know, even with those additions, as we talk about them being maybe a favorite for the division next year, I think the division is going to be kind of wide open, uh, depending on what the offseason looks like, right? Because the Reds are the Reds are much better with the young talent. Um, you know, the Brewers are still probably hanging around at least another year or so. Uh, the Cubs, depending on what they do, I mean, there's probably all four of those teams because and i mean pittsburgh had a good month i mean you never know i guess but um it feels like again before you get into the offseason and see whatever it happens that the nl central could be pretty competitive again next year yeah yeah that's uh and it's all going to be a a matter of pitching really i mean because it's how much cincinnati grows up because you we knew that they were going to be pitching exposed and uh but they're going to have money to spend which which could be scary um, you know, Milwaukee's going to be Milwaukee. I'm just convinced that that's just the new standard. You know, we, as, uh, as Cardinals fans, we've seen that you're just going to be competitive. And then you have, you have the top of the uh, rotation pitching. They're not, they're not afraid to wheel and deal. So, so yeah, next year could be, could be interesting. And, uh, I mean, exciting, honestly. And, uh, you know, it's fun that now we can kind of circle that even in August. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, interesting. so talking about pitching, I guess we'll have to, shift to the current state of the club um and last night we saw adam wainwright again try for 199 and adam wainwright again kind of get lit up i mean what uh six runs i think six runs in the first three innings um or them getting out i mean now now i say that both uh both big innings from him came with two outs but still it was it was ugly well, and that's the thing, and you know, his his post game interview, he's talking about has to be better with two outs and all that. But you know, as people are pointing out, his whip is two. Yeah, I mean, he's getting two guys on him. But it's the fact is, if you're not getting the guys out with two outs, it's because there's a couple guys on, and if they get a hit, then the runs are scoring, right? I mean, you don't worry about 
<laughs> you don't worry as much about the two out, you know, guy if there's nobody on base, you know. Um, yeah, when he, good he point. Put people on, um, and that's, you know, I I hope there's like I think uh, Quinn um, STL cards put it out this morning that there's like about ten more options, ten more times that um, Wainwright gets to pitch. Um, if you keep it on the rotation and stuff like that, and things may shift and change and stuff like that. But, you know, out of 10, he's going to win two of them. I'm, I don't want to say he can't because it's no, it's uh, Adam Wainwright and, you know, he can, you know, he can fire up and throw a great game at any point in time, I guess. But it's becoming really difficult for me to see how he gets uh, to 200. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like he's – I don't know what it is, but it, oh, I don't think it's quite there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I it, it, I say that to myself, and I want to remain hopeful on it and be like, yeah. hey, I, th- I think this can happen. But I don't know. It's just it, – it's tough to watch, and, and uh, it's just been – I mean, that's just been 2023 in a nutshell, isn't it? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Any high right. expectation you have is quickly is – quickly, uh, you know, poured water on. You know, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, the, the good thing is this is a terrible year. And so you can throw Adam Wainwright out there 10 more times and give him those chances and not have to worry about it hurting the team, right? I mean, that's just, yeah. you know, you can we can give it a shot and see. And there have been games, like not last night, the night before, you know, he gave up a couple of home runs, which is not great, obviously. But, you know, if he could, if you could get it, he hasn't gotten a whole lot of support the last little bit either you know if he could get a game where he could give up four runs but the Cardinals scored six on for him you know and held the lead you know maybe you'll see some games like that I mean if he's got to pitch a one or two run ball game to win then I don't know that that could happen yeah yeah that's uh yeah I'm not yeah I agree I mean last night was really difficult to watch I was like uh um it, it was it, I don't know it was put it was put on a tee for us essentially I mean they were hitting balls in the gaps and and even the outs were were, were stung right at people so so yeah I mean we've gone through this before it, it's and it's it's kind of gut-wrenching to see where it's where it's going now but but I mean we are where we are and in a season like this it's uh you know just keep running it out there and see if it happens yeah. but it could be ugly every fifth day yeah yeah it it will maybe and I know we all and I mean and who knows I mean there's still I hope there's at least, I hope he wins one game yeah. that is kind of vintage Wainwright, you know, mixing it in and out. Um, you know, that said, you know, I don't know. I'd have to look. I think there's some chances for him to face Kansas City and, and Oakland, and maybe that's those are good guys. But, you know, there's we haven't seen him be effective against any kind of lineup, even lineups that, you know, Colorado – Outside of Colorado, they just traded off Grichik and Cron. I mean, there are still some hitters there, but it's not necessarily that that potent lineup necessarily. And they looked pretty potent against him yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just gap balls. I mean, it was yeah, it, it was it was difficult. Um, I really don't know what to say, you know, in this situation because you know you hope for the best, and and it wouldn't shock me to have it. For him to come out and throw, you know, a good five, six innings at one point, I was, I was blown away. Somebody posted the uh, his last 
20 starts, I believe. And I didn't realize that I mean, he had gone over six innings once, uh, 6.1. And that surprised yeah. me because I felt like he's, I guess, I guess, I guess the ability for him to just really grab, take the ball and save him for a day or two, I guess it is probably two to three years old at this point. You know I mean? It still seems like it's in, in recent memory, but, but I guess not. Well, I mean, you're not, I'd like to, I mean, let's see how far that goes back, but you know, July, August of last year, you're still seeing pretty good Adam Wainwright, right? Yeah. Um, until he, you know, took that liner off his leg against the Braves. I I feel like we saw some games like that last year. So it's not terribly. Let me pull his game log up and see what he did. But yeah, when you're when you're looking at him right now, and you look at that, uh, you know, that ERA that's almost eight. And I know he's been hurt some, but I mean it's 14 starts, and yeah. he's got an ERA almost eight. That that hurts. Uh, let's see. The last time he went, he went six innings in September of last year. He gave up four runs in on September 20th. Before that, yeah, the Atlanta game was 6.2 with two outs. He went seven in August 18th. Seven mm. scoreless, <laughs> seven scoreless innings against Colorado at home. Uh, wow. Yeah. And that, so that's the difference, but you know, and then, Two starts before that, he had gone seven scoreless innings against the Cubs. Um, he went nine against Milwaukee in between those two with just giving up one run. So, you know, it's not – it's only been about a year. And and really, you wonder, like I said, that, that liner he took off his leg in Atlanta, we saw how that, you know, September just changed. And, you know, another year, another – there's a lot of issues. Um it's you continue to hope that there's still something in there, but father time is undefeated. Shab so, 100%. No. Um, you know, um, and no matter what, I mean, I, I hope that people are at least appreciate it. It's not what we want to see. It's not the Adam Wainwright. We want to see how, see how he goes, goes out. Um, but it is the last time you get to see Adam Wainwright. And so hopefully we can appreciate that. Um, as we go um, throughout the throughout the rest of the year, and again, hopefully, there's at least one highlight there. Um, then you know they had to, they did, Cardinals did have to fill in their rotation after trading off two piece, big pieces of it, and so we've seen Matthew Libertor and Dakota Hudson take those spots to start with. Now the club has said Libertor's pitching the rest of the way, which is good, right? We have not seen yeah. an extended run of Matthew Libertor yet, and. I don't want to say there's a lot of pressure on him because I think, you know, he's still under control. He's still, still, you know, kind of developing, but you know, if he can't, if he struggles in this, you know, 10 or so outings, 10 or 11 outings till the end of the year, that's really going to influence how they look at next year. Sure. Sure. The, uh, I, I completely agree with you uh, that this is the time where you give him a chance Start him on regular rest, and let's see what you can get done, and see see where you feel into the year if, uh, if this is somebody that's going to fit the mold for you. Because he hasn't really been given a fair shot this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the chance, you know. To see, um, it, he was it, he beat up by a few bombs, you know, the other night. Um, couldn't go deep because of that. But um, you know, I'm not. I would like to know the inside thinking on what, on what they're seeing out of what he's doing. Uh, that would be a huge chip. You know, if you had it, um, I'm skeptical, I will say. I know that sounds crazy, 
but uh, I hope that I look, I hope that I look bad on this ultimately. I, I think it's fair to, I mean, you know, he's been around for a while now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of wrinkles in that. Of course, 2020 being a, being the biggest one, you know, it's, it's kind of a wrinkle in the development, but it, and then, then the not consistency, but you know, he's even, you know, he struggled even at AAA when he has had a little bit of consistency at times. And so, you know, again, you're right. I don't write him off. Um, because I, but I think this is, this is really big. Um, and you know, that wasn't necessarily the best of first starts, although there was some good stuff in there. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think that's going to be, if you're looking for things to watch over the next couple months, you know, how Matthew Liebertor responds to, you know, regular exposure to the big leagues is going to be a big one. Um, Dakota Hudson pitched a really good game. I have to say that, you know, I've seen him beat up on Dakota Hudson quite often, but Dakota Hudson pitched a very good game. The club has not been as definite that he's going to stay in the rotation the whole year. Um, You know, that was before that game. And and maybe, you know, obviously he's probably going to get another start for sure. Um, But it feels like they'll probably want to use that to rotate maybe a couple of different options in there. Yeah, the uh, it's it is funny how they they just they, they're so hesitant to uh, to back Hudson at all. You know, uh, it's uh, it, we've seen this quite a bit, and I don't know if it's the uh, they feel like there's egg on their face from the first couple times that they had done it, but with uh, with Marmol, it just hasn't seemed to happen to where they push their chips in and said, "Hey, give this a run." You know, let's see let's see what we can do. They they've yet to do it, so I'm going to see how this rotation turns a little bit. I mean, I feel like you got to bring him back for at least one, if not two more after this one. I mean, if he goes back to earth and his next start, you know, you know where you are, but um, I, I, it would not bother me to see an extended run of, of Hudson at this point, mainly because you can just see that <laughs> you would have some kind of normality of a regular rotation, which mm-hmm. worries me that we're not going to see anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, it is interesting to, I mean, we've kind of had that the last little bit of trying to, I think they've got a bullpen game that was supposed to be Sunday, maybe just because of the way things have fallen. Um, and we'll, you know, we may have a few more of those down, down the way, but yeah, I, I think you have to now the reason, you know, obviously the reason they haven't supported him as much is because he's given them plenty of, re- I mean, he's got a much deeper. I no, you know, I, I completely agree with yeah. that. Um, Cause he, he knows, you know, we've seen a lot more of him than, than Libertor is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. um, you know, we've also seen him be very good at times. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily last, but you know, you're right. You, you run him out there, you know, two, three, four more times this year, especially if you're not rotating anybody else in, uh, you know, at some point in time, you may see Jake Woodford in that spot. If, you know, depending on health, um, I don't think you see any of the new guys, um, you know, most of them got promoted to triple A, but they had just been at double A. So, yeah. um, I think you're probably those two are your, your main ones. I, I'm trying to think if there's anybody pull it up. I don't think there's anybody else on the 40 man that could make a debut. Cause I think like, um, most of those other Memphis pitchers are, I don't know if there's, there's doesn't seem to be anybody knocking on the door, um, uh, to come back up and, and at least get a debut. Um, uh, yeah, but I'm kind of scrolling through here and, uh, Connor Thomas is on the, on the 40 man. So it's possible you could see him get a debut. I don't, um, let me see. 
pull up Memphis's stats real quick and see if how he's doing. But I mean, that's about the only other one, right? I mean, it, you're kind of just rotating to those little. There's not a there's not an exciting prospect to come up. It's just kind of rotating with what you got and seeing if you need to clear out some space. Yeah, yeah, just to see what you can see what you can figure out because that's I, I looked at that too. I was thinking, what kind? Which of the guys that they brought over or the guys in the system right now could they bring up to 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 bring a little excitement? And I'm not so certain that it exists right now. I mean, it's uh, and anything is excitement is going to be circled on win at this point. Not to not to segue off of pitching, but but yeah, I think that that's what you're going to see. You're going to see more of the Woodford there. I saw where they gave the old line and he didn't have time to stretch out or whatnot. But you know what? In the in the day of open, you know, in the era of having an opener and whatnot, I still think you're going to see him quite a bit. So so yeah, it's uh, <laughs> as much as we want to see something normal. I'm just not certain that's going to happen. No. Connor Thomas has a 5.46 ERA at Memphis, um, yeah. and a 176 WHIP, and batters are hitting 3.38 against him. So, I don't expect we'll no, see him look, yeah. looking at that. Uh, you know, I know I have seen Gordon Graceffo pitch a couple of times, and I've caught him probably on bad days. So he, didn't, you know, had some some rough outings, um, and he's not on the 40 man. You know, him and McGreevy might have been the most likely to be added to the 40 man, but. I don't know that either one of them are doing, you know, McGreevy's got an ERA close to four. He's looked, you know, if you look at your basic lines, he's okay, but he's only striking out 67 guys in almost 90 innings. So, um, you know, maybe, but I don't, you know, this was the argument that I'd heard against Mason Wynn. It was one of the arguments about not bringing up Mason Wynn, which doesn't seem to be an issue for the Cardinals, obviously now, but, um, you know, of not taking up a 40 man spot when they don't need to. Um, they cleared a few 40 mans, uh, although they did have to add um, Drew Rom and, um, of course, John King. I think those are the only ones that went on the 40 man from the trades. Um, but, you know, they're, they're going to, and they're going to probably clear some spots out. I imagine Moises Gomez will probably get released off the 40 man this off this winter. Um, Juan Yepes might. I mean, they, they can clear some room. But I don't know that they want to add a McGreevy or a Graceffo if they don't need sure. to, um, and they're not forcing the issue. So, yeah, it feels like that last spot. You know, it's it's Hudson, it's Woodford, it's um, and maybe just those two guys, and um, or you know, bullpen games or whatever the case. Yeah, do we go? I mean, at this point, is the uh, Palante experiment going to be? Is he going to be who they think they, he is in the back end of the bullpen or the extent, extended bullpen guy? Or is that a guy that they ultimately target to come back to the rotation? If that's a, you know, in spring, it's always weird because they'll do that knowing full well they're going back to the bullpen. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's kind of a, yeah. a backup plan. But I've, I've kind of wondered about that a little bit. Uh, maybe. I, I mean, it's a little bit late in the you know, late in the day. So you're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to get two or three inning starts out of him. Um I mean, he is the guy that maybe they could do that with if they wanted to. But given the given who they're bringing in, I mean, again, like we talked about, we expect them to have an off, active offseason. And given the slew of back of the rotation guys that they already have, yeah, I don't know that they go that route because um, I don't know that that helps them a whole lot. I mean, you sure. know, could he be the guy that started a bullpen game and went two or three innings, maybe, maybe four if it really was going well? Yeah, but... I, I don't know that they're going to put him out there and try to stretch him out, uh, especially this time of year. I, I don't know how much stretching guys out works um, outside of the off season. Right. I mean, 
you build up the strength in the offseason come to come to spring training preparing to be a starter but you know if you've gone from the beginning of the year to now i would think it would you're just not you know by the time you get full strength the season's over sure so sure um, but also ryan helsley gonna come start his i think he's got a uh, rehab assignment starting today so i guess we'll be able to track him coming back um i know we talked about it but it didn't seem too surprising that they didn't deal him no it was it was not i mean it uh i wondered how much smoke there was how much the uh, how much they actually tested the waters on on helsley and gallegos really mm-hmm. um you know stratton you'd call from the beginning that, that just felt like a move that was that was going to be made um but the bullpen, bullpen was left intact more than I thought. Um, you know, with just Stratton and Hicks moving out, I kind of thought that they would take a pretty big hit, and that was an area of you could you could find teams with immediate needs to get immediate returns, and they didn't move as many as I thought. I kind of thought Gallegos may move. Yeah, I, but I think they were. I mean, I did too. I mean, I you know we talked about that, uh, and you, you could. There's an argument to be made that you know you're not going to get a better re- return than, you know, at the trading deadline for a guy like that. But, you know, I think they were also looking at, you know, what are we going to have next year? We want some certainty in that bullpen. They definitely don't want to go out and pay for that. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's just where they've, they've gotten into trouble before, but it's also just a, you know, a dangerous thing to do if, if and you don't want to mess with it. So if you can have Helsley and Gallegos to at the back of your bullpen, I mean, of course, it's not as great as having Helsley and Hicks and, uh, and Gallegos, but it's still pretty solid. I mean, you got two guys that can close. Uh, you know, you, you've shortened games up quite a bit if you've got those two guys healthy and, and effective. So um, I'm sure they, I mean, I'm sure they listened a little bit, you know, but, you know, without being overwhelmed, they didn't necessarily have a, a motivation to move. Them. Sure. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, again, we're here to the, to the this last two months, two months of not um, <laughs> not having to worry about the only standings we worry about are whether we can pass Pittsburgh or not. Um, yeah. So, what are you looking for in the the next two months besides the you know Mason win? Well, I, I kind of I'm intrigued by Burleson a little bit. And his usage, and I want to see how that how that continues to play out. And I have a feeling he's going to be a lineup, someone in the lineup every day. See what happens with Walker. You know, see how uh, see how that uh, see what kind of uh, of finish he has that uh, will really change the stuff. I want to see the the, the Carlson usage, and um, maybe start start circling on what and what next year looks like. Um, you know, when you and I were talking, you know, off the. Uh, you know, via text the other day, I kind of said, you know what? I could see them maybe, maybe looking at a center fielder somewhere down the line, being this offseason, not necessarily now. And uh, this is kind of see what you see what you can get now. Bring it back. I know that no one's locked in for next year because of the offseason, but but is is Newbar going to be the guy on that? And then you figure out Carlson or vice versa, or or how do you see that playing out? Because that's that's something that interests me in the last two months. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that's very interesting, and you're right to seeing what they do with Carlson and stuff, and and you know, will they just leave Walker out there and let him continue just to try to continue to improve, or if, will he DH more? Um, 
I think, yeah, I think Newt Bar is probably your guy. I think, I think your regular outfield is going to be O'Neill, Newt Bar, and Walker. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Of course, it doesn't help Dylan Carlson's trade value in the winter. Uh, maybe it helps Tyler O'Neill's. And maybe you see Tyler O'Neill get shipped out and then, um, you know, they let Carlson run with it. Um, I don't know. But I think. I think that's where they want to be uh, right now. And I mean, as much as I like Dylan Carlson, you know, it's very hard to argue against, you know, Tyler O'Neill who can hit 40 home runs and Lars Newbar who has some, you know, exceptional skills. Yeah. And then Jordan Walker. I mean, if that's your outfield, I mean, as good as Dylan Carlson may be, it's hard to argue that he should crack it either. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. It's, you wonder what skill set. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you hit the nail on the head on that. Um, I mean, O'Neill's back next year, right? I mean, yeah, that's, he's got, yeah, he's got another. Year. I mean, I no, I mean, I like literally. I felt like that trade that comes at this deadline of not you're doubling down and he's going to be in your lineup next year and you're going to see. Yeah, him. that's kind of how that's the gut feeling I had on that. Which, which uh, I was glad they, like I said, that I'm glad they stuck to their guns and didn't and 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 we're only going to trade guys that they consider lineup guys for uh you know pitching that they desperately need yeah i uh, think i think the only thing with o'neill would be you know he just had what like a week or so before the trade deadline to come back if mm-hmm. he if he is healthy the rest of this stretch you do get a better return for him or at least a team that you might be asking for that return right now that would be more likely to pay it in the winter. So I wouldn't say it's a guarantee that he comes back, but yeah, there's a real good chance that it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, and you know, and I'm not, I'm not against that, you know, mm-hmm. so that's, yeah. so it, it, it does leave Carlson as the odd man out, especially when you see Burleson playing so much. Yeah. I actually yeah. Really like Burleson to be honest with you. Um, that's, I mean, I, I, I wish they could find a way to get him in the lineup a bunch. I don't know how that's going to work, but I really do like him as a hitter. About to need the softball rules where you can bat 10 men. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. You know, uh, have a rover out there, which might help. <laughs> Maybe if you put Burleson and Walker out there, that would combine to be one defensive outfielder. Oof. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's very all interesting. I think it's also going to be interesting to see what happens at catcher, right? I mean, Yvonne Herrera's probably going to get another call up, but, you know, are they going to continue to use Contreras behind the plate most of the time? What does that mean for Andrew Kisner? Because Kisner was one I kind of maybe thought they might move right now because there were some teams that needed catching. You know, you saw Austin Hedges move uh, at the deadline. Uh, there were some teams that needed some catching, and I thought maybe they would take a, a flyer on Kisner, and that would allow them to to start the Herrera-Contreras uh, combo. Uh, they didn't do that, and so I think figuring out what that's going to be is going to be kind of interesting, not only the rest of the year, of course, but in the winter as well because you – you know, I don't just, there's too much on this roster to carry three catchers. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, it's, uh, I, that, that's still one of those things. I, I, back to the, you'd like to be in the boardroom on the, one of those situations mm-hmm. to see the, what they're, what they're really thinking long-term and, and, uh, mapping it out in months just because they, you thought, well, you, they were pretty intrigued by what Herrera brought, you know, his short time here. Um, that you're thinking, okay, someone's going to move around a little bit that, uh, you know, and it, it just didn't happen. So yeah. you're thinking we, we're really not going to see what 
and what Herrera is made of because we thought that he may be up playing right now. And you may have given Kisner a chance to play and compete somewhere. So, yeah, I don't know. The catching situation is is extremely odd. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, you just wonder if they knew that the steps that Herrera was going to take. Yeah. And they knew the steps that Kisner was going to take. Because Kisner's had a, a fairly solid year, right? Especially yeah. for a catcher. Yeah. Um, if you knew those two could could cover it, would they have signed Contreras? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like they probably wouldn't have. I, um, you and I have talked about this, and we haven't really talked about it in depth. Last year in the offseason, if you remember, we, we kept asking each other questions of where these guys are going to go. Mm-hmm. And we had actually talked about um, the uh, – um, he just left town. Who was the catcher that signed in Minnesota? As a free agent this year, defensive first type guy, uh, Sanchez. It was, no, it was Sanchez. Was Sanchez the one that was free, or was it Maldonado that that was a free agent now? Oh no, Martin Maldonado might have been. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Well, well, whoever it was, if you remember, we were talking to each other about where we thought they were going, and mm-hmm. and at one point the Contreras talk was real hot, then it was real cold, and and we thought that they were going to move in different directions, and 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 we made the comment of, hey, the low hanging fruit would have been, you know, um the other catcher that was on the market defense first, then you can kind of piece that together and they go and immediately get Contreras, which we didn't think they were going to do because they were going to give away the the draft pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, We understand that he had made it vocal that he wanted to be here, but the Cardinals didn't really say, you know, they, they, they kept it quiet. The, from the signing on down and I like Contreras has just Mm -hmm. seemed odd about how it all played out. It was like this was the one step out of their comfort zone and it didn't really make any sense when you have, you know, the the who could potentially one, Kisner may be their lifetime backup forever. You know, right. the Cardinals seem right. to have that kind of position player and they like him. Where it could happen, which could could leave Herrera in the dark or in another organization. So it, it that just it compounds the just oddity of what they did with Contreras a little bit. And I mean, I'm glad they signed him, but it didn't clear up the catching situation at all. And maybe it never will be. And that was maybe some of the plan. I don't know. But it, even it, who Contreras, who's had a similar season to what he has in the past and kind of on that career line, it, it just, I don't know why it has felt like an odd fit from the beginning. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got a guy that, I mean, one, you don't want to be the guy that follows all Yadier Molina. I mean, you just don't. Without a doubt. Yeah. You know, no matter who you are, you don't want to be that guy. But, you know, bringing somebody in, maybe that, I don't know. But the idea that you find Contreras, knowing that at the end of that five years, he's going to be DDHing more than he's catching. Yeah. But you've got a guy in, especially in Herrera, because like you said, Kisner could be a backup throughout this whole time. No big deal. But you got a guy in Herrera that's coming, right? I mean, you knew that. Yeah. He, he's either going to be something or he's not, but you know, you've gone through a whole bunch of catchers. It feels like this guy's going to do something. And by time the catching job opens up to some degree, you know, three years from now when, when it's more, he's more than Contreras is more in the DH spot. By that time, Herrera is either withered on the vine or had to been traded. Um, it didn't, you're right. I mean, that, that caused a backlog and the Cardinals, again, we've talked about this. They've created backlogs all over this uh, roster uh, in the pitting side of things. 
but it created one that they didn't necessarily need to create it again. Now, again, when we, in, in this, this winter, it's like, man, Kisner's going to hit 200. He can't be the catcher. You know, the Cardinals were very adamant about him not being the catcher. Yeah. And, you know, Herrera has struggled a bit and he may not be ready for this year. Um, you got to have somebody back there. Now, would they have been better off to, yeah, like you said, get a defense first catcher? Or maybe even, a, you know, like I said, a Gary Sanchez, which was offense first, and let Kisner, you know, fill that spot. But a shorter term contract, a smaller contract, something you could get away from easier if somebody made it an increase. I don't know. I've, it really feels, I mean, to some degree, that they tried for Sean Murphy, and once they realized that wasn't going to happen, they pivoted quickly. Sure. Uh, and maybe a little bit, you know, maybe got a little bit swayed by, hey, this guy wants to be here and the presentation he made um, and maybe a little bit more emotional than, than logical on making that um, decision. But, and again, you're right. Contreras is a, a good catcher. We're glad to have it. I, you know, if you're going to go sign a catcher like that, don't throw him under the bus in the first month. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's that whole situation is weird, which kind of makes you almost feel like, there was some sort of division in the front office on this idea too, right? Uh, that there were some people that didn't want him there. Some people that did maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm speculating, completely speculating here, but maybe it's a situation where, you know, Bill DeWitt decided he wanted him and Mo put the best face on. And, but you know, once it started looking not good, then, you know, they were a little inartfully uh, talking about some of these things. I don't know. Um, but it it does it's it's a situation we're always going to be talking about. That's going to be weird. And I mean, would you rule out them trading Contreras this off season? I mean, it doesn't feel like they would, but I don't think I could completely rule it out. No, I mean, I wouldn't. But it, I I do, do not think that's going to happen. Um, it, but I would say it would if I it, mine wouldn't come a shock. Mine would be slightly disappointed. Just because you're thinking, man, you're never going to get a free agent in here if you're handling yeah. people like that. That's that's my number one concern with that. Yeah, yeah, I think you've really if if that happens, it's going to have to be this one of these things that you know you say, hey, Contreras came to us and he just thought this wasn't a fit, this doesn't work yeah. out, and you know we had to move on. I think the damage has already may have already been done just with how they treated that, but you know, then again. Uh, you know, if you offer enough money and it, it may cost them, but they, if you offer enough money, free agent can look over a lot of things. Um, and there's going to be need on the pitching side. I don't know that it'll affect the pitching side too much. Yeah. Um, especially since there's such a need there and, um, you know, a good lineup to support them. So, sure. uh, would hope that they would not have any issues there, but you're right. I mean, that, that kind of stuff leaves a mark if the bets had done that my goodness we'd still be talking about it right i mean that's still sure. that's because that's part of their brand it you know it's a little bit you know cardinals have enough to counteract that a little bit but it's not great and i'm sure that you know people are kind of thinking that especially if they're signing a contract with you know a prospect that's coming up or something like that they're like you know what's your whole situation how how long am i going to be here uh you know what's what is your expectation here and maybe that's part of the problem is they expected him to be Yadi Molina even though they didn't really realize they expected him to be Yadi Molina yeah yeah that's and that's tough I mean that's that's a misstep you know what I mean that's it yeah clear yeah I mean the front office has always been 
has had some awkward situations. And again, as we start this transition away from John Mosellock, it's going to be very interesting to see how that happens and who takes that role. And, and if the communication issues change or if that's just kind of who the Cardinals are, well, we'll have to see. So, all right. Well, I think that's enough for this week because, um, you know, what else are we going to do? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll be back at you next week. Um, uh, like that Al and I are trying to figure out exactly how we want to handle two months of, you know, it doesn't do us any good to talk about the off season every week, but, uh, we may have to kind of take a look a bit, see what happens on the field, see, uh, the countdown for Mason win, stuff like that. We will still be around. Uh, maybe we can do a listener questions show at some point in time if y'all will send in some questions to us but uh until next time for alan i'm daniel good night good night he's got it struck him out look at the scene on the field mccarver the first one now his infielders all over him a new world's record of 17 strikeouts in one game